Do we sound better? Because it's a possibility. It's a new microphone. I know. this is a new episode of Nope, I'm Scared. Yes, this is an Alexa-centric episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm Alexa. I'm Ella. And Spooky Podcast. Yeah. yeah spooky All po- the things. Yeah. We're two sisters. <laughs> and I don't know if you can tell us apart. Yeah. We, uh, we apologize for that. Do we? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um... How's everybody's week been? I I hope you enjoyed our little snippet of politics that we had to do. Yeah, shits be crazy. Shit's still crazy. Shit Um, is still crazy. You know, I'm so far, we're we're recording this Monday, so yesterday for you or for our lovely people who I see listening on Wednesdays, it was two days ago. And hopefully the world has not turned to shit by then. Yeah, because if you're listening on Wednesday... I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> when when the attack happened, our, like, downloads dropped. Like, I was able to see that, like, because normally people are pretty consistent, and on mm-hmm. that week it was, like, dropped. So people got to our episodes oh, later. No. And I think it's because everyone was yeah, just that's valid. watching the news. Like, I know I was watching the news all day. For sure. I was at work and I still had it on. All like. day. Is oh, he- date. Is your boss still putting on Fox News? Yeah, she is. It's terrifying. Uh, but I was like, you'll get the insider information. I don't want the insider information. Take it back. I don't know. But honestly, sometimes I do wonder. I'm like, I should just know what people are being told. And then I'm like, yeah. this, is, this is bananas. It was a lot of them just saying, don't trust the media. The media wants to silence people. I find Not it realizing very that they're also a media. media. Yeah. <laughs> And I've seen a lot of people on TikTok be like, okay, well, then, like, prove, if you don't trust the media, like, find another source for me. And they're like, YouTube. And it's like, that's media. Yeah, everything's, so, like, your news information You know, unless media. you're at the source, you're going to be getting it from yeah. some form of media. Yep. And that's just hard things to know. Like, you just need to know that people are citing their sources, like we try to do. Facts. Yeah. Um, and finding a lot of stuff. Like, I watch a bunch of different news, like, especially watch a lot of BBC just to get an outside opinion. Like, if you're ever feeling, like, gaslit, because I have found myself often being like, are we the crazy ones? Like, are we really? Yeah, I get And then you watch BBC and you're like, the rest of the world cannot also be brainwashed into thinking he's awful. Yeah. So it cannot be just 74 million, which is not even true because some of those people were not, like, Trumpers. They just voted Republican. So yeah. not it can't just be 74 million people out of the entire world are the ones with the actual facts. You know? Yeah. And everyone else is like, no. Well, he also said science wasn't real. And there's a lot of evidence. And I know. I proof. just, like, when shit gets so crazy, I just sit there and I'm like, I'm probably being gaslit right now. But, like, what if I'm, like, All the, the one time. that's wrong? What if All I'm the time. wrong? And I'm like, okay, but if I'm wrong, I was wrong in a way that was trying to help other people. Yeah, you go in with good intentions. And so and that to me feels better. Because I know that the things I'm asking for in our government are stuff that would also help the people that are uh, disagreeing with yeah, me. Yeah, like so, free healthcare. Like, I'm still trying to take care of people. people. It doesn't matter what. And, like, I'm hearing rumors of all the stuff that the army is prepared to do come Inauguration Day. And I'm like, please don't die, guys. Please don't go out there and, like, just just give it all yeah. away. Like, please don't do that. Yeah. 
So that's yeah. what's been weighing on my heart yeah. lately, and I'm, I'm very scared for minority people. Iowa became a whole sundown state, which is terrifying. <laughs> what the... And it's just, like, I've seen so many different black creators just telling people, and, and um, you know, LGBT creators just telling people to stay inside. Because yeah, there's, it's too dangerous. There's And there's no way to know. So, mm-hmm. it's a scary-ass time, and I have no escape from it. Like, this isn't even the scary stuff that I like to deal with. Yeah, no, this is the awful scary like, stuff. Like, I'm saying, nope, I'm scared all the time, and it's not fun. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just like, no. No, I don't like this. See, we... I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) No, thanks. Yeah, no, like, we have this and, you know, spooky stuff, scary, oh, well. Yeah. But it doesn't really impact our lives as much as politics and everything else does. And it's just, this is something that has never been as... Demanding. Not in our lifetimes. Well, like, and I think that for so long, and for most of the time, people didn't have to be aware of politics all the time. They also didn't have as much exposure to it. Yeah, but we like... media and all that. But now we're all like, I have to keep track of what everything is <laughs> There's dealing with. There's a horse with. loose in the hospital! What did I say the other day that was him? Oh, I said it to Josh. Because he was talking to his friends about certain words people shouldn't say. And I said, if we're comparing the badness of two, two words, words, and you won't even say one, one of them, that's the, the worst word. word. The word that we were, they were saying was cracker. So the fact <laughs> that we can say cracker... Means it's not the it's worst not word. It's not the worst word. Yeah. There were two other worse words we were discussing, or they were discussing, not me. I was over here <laughs> giving my input. ten cents sometimes <laughs> to be like, no one says it. Yeah. Those people that you're referencing, I don't even hear them say it. No, those people do say it, but they get to say it. Because it's their word. Yeah, they're the reclaiming other people the word. whose word it is theirs, they're not there yet and they don't like it. No, I'm like, I don't know any of those people... That could say that word, that do say that word in reference to themselves. You know what I'm saying? I don't. Yeah, I mean, I called so, myself fruity, but that's like, the extent I'm yeah, willing to go. Yeah, I feel like that's as far as you guys have gotten to, like, reclaiming some of those words. I mean, like, we use queer and all that kind of stuff. Queer but... is also a word that was derogatory at a time, and mm-hmm. I do hear people saying, well, I'm fruity. <laughs> and that just, it's also so no, weird to me that too. that was ever a word used to demean <laughs> someone. <laughs> I would have taken How that. How dare in you be sweet and nutrient? <laughs> How dare you give me the things I need in life? How dare you be so delectable? <laughs> you growing on bushes and and uh, beautiful colors. How dare you be so juicy? <laughs> That's what they were really angry about. <laughs> They're angry we were so juicy. So juicy. So thick. Well, since we've now had a hell of a lung. Intro. Intro. Here we go. Remember when we used to do those all the time? Yeah. We've gotten a bit better, I would say. They're usually like three to four minutes, but I've had so many things on my mind. I had to say something. It's been a wild time, guys. Okay. Okay. So, today we're going to talk about, and I'm going to try to say this, right? Diaplov, because I have been saying Dialtov past the entire time. Did you have to look up how to say it? Well, I mean, I can just see where the letters are. Yeah. Diablo. Diablo Pass. Yeah, I was always saying it's Russian. I don't know. 
Dyletov. I, I used to say Dyletov, yeah. Yeah, but it's not Dyatlov. Okay. And it's named after um, the lead skier that died. Oh, that was in that group? Yeah. I do know a little bit about this case, not a whole lot. I mean, there's still so much of it that is just like, oh, what the fuck? Oh, what like, a fuck? <laughs> I don't know. Nobody knows. There's like, I, I'm only put down some, but there are 75 theories. Oh my God. About what might have happened. Some of them I had already known about. Some of them were like elaborated for me more. And some of them I was able to like track down and kind of Aliens. disprove. Yeah. And some of them I had never heard of before. Awesome. Let's get into this. Like, what? Okay, so yeah, I broke it down. Okay, so, like, for those people who don't know, I have the section, what happened? Nice. Her notes are always very organized. So, ten students, um, who were also friends, went out on a cross-country ski trip that was led by Igor Dyatlov, um, into the Ural Mountains. Also, quick note, apologies if you can hear Ollie, he's snoring. Yeah, also, if I mess up their names, I'm sorry, I'm trying. It's Russian. It's very hard. Um, <laughs> me, are yeah, me and Ella are learning Scottish Gaelic. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. We love it, but like, Kinda you're going to tell me but... that that's what cheery sounds like, spells like? That's what cheery <laughs> spells like. Spells like. Tiadoff. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Words, cheery. Words don't okay. make sense. Cheer. Snog. Snog. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anyways. Um, okay. So, this is a mountain range that divides Europe and Asia because, you know, Russia's freaking big. Russia's massive and terrifying. And, and then there's like that it. big space with other countries, and then they have that other property that's also Russia. Like, it's yeah. like Russia, space, Russia. also Russia right here. That's how I feel how we are with Alaska. Like, yeah. you've got the U.S., and then And also Alaska. Hawaii. Hawaii yeah, is far. Just give Hawaii like, back. Hawaii please. is farther away from the mainland than you think it is. Yeah. It's far. Okay? It's closer it's to fly to New York there. than it is to fly to Hawaii. It's way out there. Is that way accurate? I don't know. I didn't look up that information. I know Hawaii's like a five hour flight. I think New York is. I think might they're roughly seven. about the same. No. New York is like a five and a half hour. I don't flight, know time, guys. But you get to go forward in time, so it feels like you're time traveling because you, like you only Ooh. got like a little bit. But when you fly, it's also time traveling when you fly to Hawaii because That's when true. you fly back, they're two hours back. So sometimes it's like I didn't even leave the airport. Yeah, you know. Yep. <laughs> Airports are a place where especially time if you were to fly. And then you were flying on a red eye, and at that red eye, you somehow passed, it was like the daylight savings time, and so you went back in time, and it hit 2 a.m., and then it went back to 1 a.m., and then you landed, and it was two hours in the past, now you've... <laughs> what? <laughs> hours. I hope Josh is hearing all of this. I right leave all of this in. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> flying... Is our only, is our closest thing to time traveling, even though it is not. <laughs> okay. That's my statement. <laughs> it's been a weird month. <laughs> Clearly you can tell where our mental state lies okay, right now. Okay, so Europe and Asia is the mountains, okay? 
Um, these, okay, so these students were all, like, super experienced skiers, hikers, I mean, especially because where they are. Like, they knew where they were, so, like, you can't, when all the shit hits the fan, you can't say that they had no idea what they were doing. Like, there. some people who climb Everest. You know? Well, those people have to train, too. But, like, these, this was stuff that they just were, also, this wasn't, like... A ma- an expedition they trained for. They were just going on a trip. Yeah. Like, this was just a fucking weekend for Yeah, they're them. just supposed to be hanging out. Well, like. it was like a two-week trip, three-week trip, but it was still, like, something yeah. they did on winter break. Yeah. Um, okay. For sure, for sure. They were all from Ural's Polytechnical Institute, which is not the name of it now. It's a new... Because this was back when Russia was still Soviet. Mm-hmm. Um, so this the, was a while ago. This was 1959. Yeah. February, roughly. Because, like, the events of, like, them going hiking was in February, and then, like, the investigation lasted for, like, months. Yeah, for sure. Because nobody knew what the fuck happened. Anyways. Um, okay, so out of the ten of them, only one of them would survive. And I will really? get... I will get to him. Okay. Okay. So, Igor Dyatlov was the um, student... The main person leading the trip, which is why it's named after him. Mm-hmm. I still think it's a little weird they named it after him because it belongs to indigenous people. You know? But it's also White like, people. And it's... It is a weird... It was already named something before they don't, because people don't care about native names of things. But also, like, it's a very weird thing. I feel like it should be a nickname for the thing. Like, it shouldn't be renamed as the thing. Yeah. Anyways. Any hoozle. Um, so it was supposed to take three weeks, and they had promised to send a message to their, um, to the sports club. Was this where they went? I, at... I think so. Sure. I'm trying. I, I should have. I was gonna do it phonetically, but then you made me sit down and record right now instead of later when I wanted to. Well, if we pronounce any words long, words wrong. <laughs> I can't even speak English. See, <laughs> words long. <laughs> uh, just let us know. We're, we. I don't mean to be disrespectful. Um, they so they were gonna send a message to the sports club back at base um when they were back at the their own safety base mm-hmm. by around the um, february 12th but they did t- like i think um both igor and where i need to see how her name is spelled so i can try to say it correctly zenaida zenaida um they were both writing letters and they were mailing mailing them back so they also had told their families that if they didn't return right on time don't worry because like the weather and you know whatever yeah. like anything that could not have to happened. worry right yeah. away so because of that nobody was surprised when they weren't back on the 12th um and there had been bad weather so it was pretty like understandable mm-hmm. But when they hadn't heard from them by the 20th, like, their families were like, what the fuck is going on? It's been eight days. Yeah, that's like eight days. Um, so the university sent a search party that they built out of student volunteers. Okay. At the time. So that's the general gist of things. Got it, got it. So here's, like, them going up the mountain, sort of. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, Zenaida and Igor were sending letters home. 
They, they sent him when they were at a small settlement further along the route called Vichy. Vichy? You say it like you expect me to know. You know, I, I'm asking the people. How about that? All right, we are asking um, the people. They spent the night here on January 25th, and then they got a lift from a truck to a logging base called the 41st Settlement. I don't know what that means, but that's what it... The, also, the information I'm getting mostly comes from a BBC reporter. Like, there is so much more information in that reporter's, like, casing, yeah. I guess, of it. I didn't need everything. I wanted just to understand what happened. Yeah, for sure. But, like, go look. I think there's also a podcast that just goes through that whole... Because they went and they retraced their steps. Yeah, So, that's like, there's wild. also a BBC podcast for it. If you want to listen to that after you hear us talk about it for a little for bit. For sure, yeah. There's also so many other people that have talked about it because it's still an unsolved situation. Because, yeah. It will remain unsolved, too. Yeah, you know, that we're bum, not going to figure this out. Bum, bum. Bum, bum. Yeah. Yeah. Law and order. Bum, bum. Bum, bum. Okay. Um, so then the group hired a horse-drawn sled to carry nice. their supplies for the last 15 miles to an abandoned North 2 mining settlement. Was that where their base camp was? It's just, they're trying, because they're, it's like they're going along the path, mm-hmm. and it's just getting them, like, closer and closer, closer to where they're going to have to trek it themselves. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it said it was really hard to, like, to do this, and everyone was struggling with it, and then it became too much for one person, who was, um, Yura Yudin. Who was in the, the tent, or one of the student searchers? One of the students. Um, so one of the students hiking. It wasn't a searcher. Mm-hmm. This is still them, like, going up the mountain before yeah, yeah. anything happens. So, and then this is, um, Zenaida, not Zendaya. Zenaida's diary. It says, Yuri Yudin is leaving us today. His sciatic nerves have flared up again and he's decided to go home. It's such a pity. We distributed his load in our backpacks. So, um... He's the one that made it out. He just had... He felt really bad that he just had to go back on the sled and despite how sorry he was to leave his friends, like, it's the reason that he's still alive because he just didn't make it to that base camp. Or the last camp. I guess that's what it is. The last camp. Yeah. Because he had to go home. Um, so they kept going. So originally, they were headed to this mountain group, which I had... You keep here. If you look for it, you'll find it more. That it's keeps saying that it's in... Okay, so the native people, which are the Masani, um, it's said that if you say the name translated it means don't go there the mountain range but the bbc reporter went to the masani people now and they said it was mistranslated Uh. and it actually means mountain with swirling winds oh so it just sounds cold yeah it's russia but like if you look up anything you'll see something about don't go there yeah because it was mistranslated Mm -hmm. okay as, um, yeah. So they they were headed to the mountain with swirling winds, but they stopped for the night on the first of Jan- on the first of February on what is translated to mean Death Mountain. Ah, uh, there we go. So it is still a thing, 
And I don't remember them saying that that was a mistranslation as well. So only don't go there mountain, and then they yeah, died on but, Death Mountain. But they set up a camp on Death Mountain on the way to, to Mountain with Swirling Winds. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. So, this seems like the wise choice. Yeah. The BBC guide said that it was a really weird place to camp because it was really, ex- it was strangely expl- ex- exposed. Exposed, um, but he thought maybe they had climbed this far and didn't want to lose any height, so that's why they just camped there. And that's yeah. the last piece of information of the night or their trip. Nobody that's else knows all we know. what the fuck happened. We know that they got there, made camp. Don't know what happened until they found him. Yeah. Scary. All right. Okay, so yeah, here's the scene. So I remember I said that they... Um, compiled a group of student volunteers to go search for them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of the main ones that BBC talked to was Mikhail Sharvin. Um, and he was a student at the time, so he was younger. And he was flown to the region by a helicopter along with the rest of the volunteers. And then they split into smaller groups and followed ski tracks to the edge, to the end of an edge of a forge before climbing up to the pass. So it hadn't snowed since... I don't really know, because there's a lot of weird. Okay. A lot of weird. Okay. But I mean, yeah. if they were able to follow ski tracks, you would think that it hadn't snowed. You would think. And there's other areas that are like, okay, but then there's some things that are like, maybe it did? Maybe it snowed in, like, particular... Like, you know how when it rains, but only in a small area? But it's, like, they're not that... Far, far like they're far, but like it feel like it would be like a cloud forming, like in front of okay, like a block away and only raining like there and not here. Yeah, which is strange. That's a little weird. Okay. So it said we had gone about five hundred meters, which like I think is less than a mile. Yeah. So it's like, everything's not that far. It's like a couple miles in every direction, but like, everything is like 500 to 1500 meters. Yeah. So it's like not that big of It's a area. couple of football fields. Yeah. For people who don't know things, uh, like me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so they had gone about 500 meters when on the left they saw the tent. Part of the canvas was poking out, but the rest was covered in snow. Um, I used an ice pick lying nearby to uncover the entrance. Um, inside they would find, um, he, which is Mikhail, um, and another rescuer would find a blanket and some rucksacks lying neatly in a pile of boots in one corner. Um, there was also a a route map, official papers, money, a flask of alcohol. So stuff that they would not have just left. Well, stuff that was just set up, which is weird that, like, it's, they were still all neatly lined up, even though they were covered with snow. Yeah. Like, it's very strange. If that was, like, an avalanche, I would just assume it's all All gone. destroyed, which it wasn't, because everything you know, was still neatly like, organized. Everything was still there. So the next to that, he spotted a plateful of salo, which is white pork fat, which is a Slavic delicacy and a high-calorie food that hikers take with them into the mountains. Also was, strange that that was not eaten. Well, it was also still sliced up as if they were getting ready to have supper and didn't have time. 
Yeah. Suspicious. Okay, yeah. continue. Uh, it was then that he noticed the tent had been slashed open from the inside with a knife, and maybe they were in a desperate hurry to get out. But yeah, so like they heard something why. and they had to get out? I don't know. I really, I really don't. Um, Interesting, okay. It's always been something weird, like, I've, okay, I mean, I didn't want to, I mean, should I get into it now or wait till I get to the theories? Mm, wait till you get to the theories. Okay. Um, then he came across something even stranger. Just outside the tent, he saw frozen footprints made by eight or nine people who were wearing socks, um, a single boot, or were barefoot. The tracks... Which would explain the boots inside. Yeah, the tracks continued for five to ten meters, and then they disappeared. They immediately skied downhill to tell the others at their search party what they had found. Um, Wait, but that doesn't make any sense. The thing was covered in snow, but you could still see the tracks. That's what I'm fucking saying. What the fuck? It makes zero... Like, the areas where there is snow makes no sense. It seems like someone went and, like, shoveled snow on top of the tent. And only the tent. But then you would have seen... Okay, so later when they sat around a campfire for the evening meal, um, Mikhail produced the flask of vodka that he'd found in the tent. He just stole the freaking oh my God. flat and then proposed a toast to the health of the Dyatlov group. So he took their alcohol and they <laughs> and the drank it to their... them. For to their health, they're dead. Um... <laughs> So it says, we shared it out between us. There were 11 of us, including the guides. Um, we were about to drink it when one guy turned to me and said, best not to drink to their health, but to their eternal peace. So that guy fucking knew. He was like, they were probably there, dead. If, yeah, I mean, if somebody, honestly, if somebody's out there it, for eight, eight days, days, and that's assuming that it took, like, that or didn't more. happen on the last day they were supposed to get out of there. Yeah. Like, in the snow in Russia in February. Like, With, it's like, no fucking shoes. cold. Yeah, they're probably, they're dead. Like, they have to be. Okay, so yeah, the tents um, collapsed and half buried in snow had apparently been cut open from the inside, and the gear inside was abandoned. One tent pole was sticking up above the snow, and that, there was a flashlight resting on top of the canvas, which still worked when the, he switched it on. Again, doesn't seem like it would have snowed on it. Yeah. Because they said it had been left on like they were... Like they trying, showed up and like, the flashlight was on. Like, they think that whenever they cut themselves out of the tent, they had left it on. And then, like, maybe they were using it as like a they way were to find try it back. Get back, yeah. So, I don't know. Um... So it's, they're saying, it appeared as if campers had torn their way out of the tent and ran off into waist-deep snow without their shoes, despite there being no evidence of foul play or other reason to panic. Investigators were able to match the prince with the members of the group, excluding the possibility that someone else had entered the camp. So that means that nobody did. Like, they that could, it was they just could them. prove that it, only the footprints there were the people that died. And there was no other tracks, like there were no bear tracks or anything? No. Okay. Um, yeah, so when they went back up there, the rescue team found the bodies of both um, Yura Doshenko and Yuri Krivonishenko. 
If you want okay. to check them, I think that's it. I had it down as both Yuri's because some people were writing that it was two Yuri's, but it's not. It's just one Yuri? Yeah. All right. Um, so they were roughly a mile away from the camp at a tree line under a giant pine tree. That means they would have had to run a mile in waist-deep snow without shoes. And it's like, it also doesn't show that there was waist-deep snow because they were able to, like, have footprints and then the footprints disappeared, yeah. but there wasn't, like, a like a track. A line of people running in snow or, like, crawling in snow. The footprints just disappeared. Just disappeared. What so, the like, that's fuck? why I'm like, how do you know it was waist-deep snow? Like, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um... So investigators noted that the trail of footprints had disappeared around halfway from camp to where the bodies were found. But there was only two bodies. And there's only two of them, yeah. Um, so what they're saying is that the weather occurred within the three weeks before the investigators arrived covered them, but I don't know why it would only cover some of them. I don't... Like, it just seems very strange to me. Yeah. Um... Also, both bodies were found barefoot and dressed only in their underwear. Um, And it reports state that branches high up in the tree were broken, suggesting that maybe somebody had tried to climb it, maybe to orient themselves to find the camp, or in order to get kindling to start a fire. Because nearby there was remains of a fire, which was also not covered in snow. Bodies not covered in snow, fire not covered. Only footsteps the tent. covered in snow and the tent in snow. So, far. But not all the footsteps. No. Okay, I get the fact that they might have, like, taken their clothes off because snow does that sometimes or it makes you think you're really hot. Mm-hmm. So that part makes sense. That part tracks. The broken branches, on the other hand. And I just, like, I'm honestly confused about in what order people died because it doesn't really make sense yeah like who died first and all that because like especially because none of them were near each other yeah because yuri and yura are found first and they're completely clothless maybe Um, that means they died last it seems like like maybe they were trying to get back to the camp after everyone else had been lost you know i don't know because then we reach igor rustam and zenaida and they were found at different points between that pine tree and the camp. And they were lying in the snow as if they'd been trying to return back to camp. Oh, shit. And they were found after. So I'm guessing they were they were probably buried in a bit of snow because they weren't found, found first. first. If you're going through that track from there, yeah, if you they would were have already... seen them first. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think that maybe they were buried. I read somewhere that they were buried under snow, but it and sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it happened in '59. There wasn't that much solid reporting. But and I believe that they're believed to have been dead before Yuri and Yora, or after. Wait, is it what? <laughs> Hang on. It's why I took the time, and they were also thought to die after Yuri and Yura. So, I don't understand. So, like, Yuri Yura died, and they were with them, and they were like, oh, shit, they're dead, and then left? Or maybe something scared them away. Yeah, I really don't know. Maybe they were Um, hiding in the tree, and then the branches broke, and they were like, fuck, we're out. I don't know. Yura was found next. 
He was dressed but shoeless and was laying face down in the snow, hugging a birch branch. Why? Like he would have used it as a weapon? Or a shovel or like a walking stick. I don't know. Don't know why. He just was. I mean, the shoeless makes sense because the shoes were in the tent still. Yeah, they ran out. Zenaida um, lay nearby, and from the position of her body, it seemed as if she'd been scrambling back desperately uphill towards the tent. Like, really. Um, Like, really trying to get there. Yeah, there was a long, bright red bruise on the side of her torso, which looked as if it had been made by a baton. So, like, what's-his-face could have smacked her with the birch branch. Birch branch. I guess so. I don't know why he would have. Um, We don't know anything. We don't. Rustin was found on March 5th, which was different from the two I just read, and he had a fractured skull. His body was better dressed than the others found so far. He had a long sleeve undershirt and a sweater, as well as two pairs of trousers, four pairs of socks, and one felt boot on his right foot. So So, he's someone that got away with... Maybe he can, No, like, what people are thinking is that they started to take clothes from the dead ones and put them on to stay warm. So that also fucks up, like, who died when. Because yeah. if they're wearing extra socks, I don't know. That means we're thinking Yuri and Yura died first. That's why I said people think that they died first because they were... Some of these people were wearing more clothes. So I don't, like, because also, if they took all their clothes off, they would have been right there next to them. If they yeah. had died last, but they didn't. So then yeah. something else happened. So, like, we have no idea in what order people died. But either either he was just that bundled in the tent when they ran That's out That's what of I was there. thinking. I was like, maybe he, like, right got back in the tent and started taking shit off, and then they had to go. Could be. Maybe. Who knows? Um, Mysteries of life. Yeah. Um, his watch had stopped at 8.45. Um, I don't know if that's morning, but I'm gonna assume it's morning. Because do other watches have, like, military time, or do they just say 8.45? And we have to assume that I think that they just was, say 8.45. How so it was either morning or night. I'm gonna go with it was morning, because it would have gotten wet overnight in the snow. It would have stopped working at that point. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, At this point, they were unable to find the rest of the people because we've only seen five. And and we're missing four. So there was four. Um, You should be concerned. Yeah. Um, So a criminal investigation was now opened, but autopsy reports failed to find any indication of foul play. um, And they ruled that they had all died of hypothermia. Um... Is that accurate? Who knows? The baton thing was something new that I had found this time. Like, before I hadn't heard of it. The one guy had a crushed skull. How would he have died from hypothermia? Slobin had a fractured skull, but not a fatal wound. So, yeah, I don't know. What? What? So, the rest of them were found over two months later. Oh, shit. Um, They were buried in snow, but the snow had started to melt. Well, it's April now, right? It's May. Oh. Yeah, the snow stuff. So the snow has started to melt, and they were found in a ravine. Oh, shit. So it's, um... I mean, it means their bodies are probably pretty well preserved. Regardless. So it's, uh, Nicholas, Ludmila, Semyon, and Alexander. 
We're yes. all in a gully a few hundred feet down slope from the large pine. So it seems like everyone ran together and then various things happened and people ended up scattered. Maybe one big thing happened and then everyone scattered. I don't um, know. So they were buried beneath a dozen feet of snow. So it definitely had to have snowed there. At least where they were. Mm-hmm. What the f- Fuck. Um, they all suffered traumatic deaths, despite being no outward signs of, like, bruising or beating, whatever. That doesn't make any sense. So Nicholas had a fractured skull, and Semyon and Lumila were found with crushed ribs. <gasps> that um, could have been from a fall. Alexander had a wound behind his ear and an oddly twisted neck. And like all, all things of, you think would have been from a fall, but that would have left outside well, wounds. Yeah, that's the thing. Like they have all these things, but on their bodies, no one could tell until Besides they got the into the autopsy. No, not even that. They didn't even. No, it was in the autopsy they found all this stuff out. That's why it's so weird. What the fuck? Um. Yes. So. Okay. Semyon had an open wound on the right side of his skull with exposed bone. Oh no! They were in better outfits than the re- the other five had been, and apparently had taken clothes from the dead. Semyon was wearing Ludmila's coat and hat, um, while she in turn had been wearing a piece of Yuri's turn and burned, torn and burned wool pants wrapped around her foot and shin. It's- that makes it seem like her leg got hurt and she tried yeah. to wrap it. But also it proves that Ludum that they Ludum would have had died first, first than, before Semyon because he was wearing her coat and her hat. But he's still buried at the same foot of snow as they are. That doesn't make any sense. None of it makes any sense. <laughs> None of this makes sense. What the fuck? So, even stranger, their clothes were apparently slightly radioactive. What? Yeah. How um, the fuck does that happen? Also, hold tight, this one's the worst bit to oh, me. God, okay. Also, in autopsy reports, Ludmila's tongue was missing, Ooh. as well as her eyes and the soft what? tissue around her eyes, <gasps> eyebrows, and the bridge of her nose, upper lip, and cheek were missing as well. That stuff doesn't just go missing. Like, people say maybe animals ate it. Like, I guess, because... And it makes... Not her tongue. Like, well, it's soft tissue. So, like, people would eat it. But then why did nobody else's stuff get eaten either? And she's buried under under 12 12 feet feet of of snow. snow. That had, like, no tampering done to it. Yeah, because they weren't found. So, like, You would have to assume that maybe happened before? I don't know. What people, they decided to eat her tongue and her eyeballs. I feel like that wouldn't what you go for first. No, I would, you know, I don't want to be a Wendigo first off. Yeah. But if I'm not desperate, I'm not going to eat somebody's tongue tongue first. I mean, nibble off like a part of their ear? I don't fucking know. No, usually people chop off arms and legs because it's like drumsticks. Yeah. So, it weird. Okay. So, that's how everyone was found. Traumatizing. Okay. I'm gonna go into each of the nine, or ten, I guess, because I did include the one who didn't make it up there. Okay. So, the first one was Igor Dyatlov, um, who was the leader. Yes. His 
sister was the one who answered the phone when they got they the found call. him. Yeah. Um, her mom had tried to stop him from going the whole time, saying that he was about to graduate and he should just work on his thesis, but he pleaded oh, with sucks. her. Um, he said, just one more time, mom, just one last time. See, and clearly it means they've done this before. Yeah. Because he was a fifth year radio engineering student. Oh, shit, yeah. And he was the most experienced one in the group. That's why he was the leader. Yeah. Um... And she said, so Tatiana said her mom never forgave herself for letting him go. Oh, it's not her fault. It's not, but like, we know how moms be. Yeah, we know how moms be. Um, so then Zenaida Kolmogorova. Kolmogorova. Gorova? Gorova, I think that's better. She was 22. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't have Eager's age, but he was around the same. Um, she was from the same faculty as Igor. Um, she was outgoing, energetic, and one of the university's most popular students. She wrote to her family on one of her last stops, um, we're going camping, ten of us, and it's a great... Oh, she wrote on her diary. Mm -hmm. We are going camping, ten of us, and it's a great bunch of people. I have all the warm clothes I need, so don't you worry about me. How are you? How's the... Has the cow calved yet i love her milk um she used to date yura but they broke up before the trip and she was kind of nervous about going on the trip with him because they had like they still had feelings you know oh yeah like it was weird Mm -hmm. not like worried he was gonna hurt her just like you know you're going on a trip with your ex and you know how it is yeah you know it'd be that way it'd be that way um so yura doroshenko was 21 he was studying power economics, and do you want to hear how him and Zenaida fell in love, or how yes. he got her? Always. He chased off a brown bear with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> that love was at first what, sight. That's what it took to like swoo her. Top tier romance. I right mean, there. like if you see a man chase off a brown bear with, with a, a hammer, hammer? <laughs> that's kind of like a thing. I would be like, yeah. That's my man. He'll protect me from yeah. everything. Yeah. I mean, if he's willing to chase out the bear for you. It's true love. <laughs> true love. Okay, so Alexander Kolitvatov was 24, studying nuclear physics. These are also all fucking smart people. Yeah. They're all, like, engineers and fucking nuclear physicists so and fucking economic smart people. people. They're all smart. Um, Which means they wouldn't have done something stupid. Well, and they, they knew, also they're trained out here, so they know how to deal with emergencies, yeah. and this still happened. Um, so Alexander was doing nuclear physics, nuclear physics, and he was also working at a secret institute in Moscow. Oh. Don't know what, that's what I was able to find out. Okay. Which I'm gonna bring up in the freaking theories, being like... Now, with things I know, it sounds weird. Could be the radioactive shit, maybe. So, Yuri Krivonishenko was 23, engineering student. He played the mandolin, loved telling jokes, um, and at some point when his body was found, it said that he had bitten off a piece of his own knuckle. Oh, buddy. Maybe, like, he... Like, maybe he fell and he bit it. But, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, Rustin Slobodin... Was 23, also an engineering student, and a long-distance runner with one of... And he was one of the shyest in the group. 
So he was fucking athletic, though. Mm-hmm. Nicholas Thibodeau Brignol was 23, also engineering student, and he was the son of a French communist that was repressed by Stalin. <laughs> All right. He got some really interesting people on this trip. <laughs> Bear fighters. Stalin repressed heirs. People who work at secret bases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? People who have cows. People who have cows. Yeah. So Ludmila Dubinina was 20, an economics student, and the youngest, she's the youngest. Yeah, yeah. she's the youngest. She had a reputation as a stern, somewhat humorless member oh, no. of the, which is the Komsomol, which is, means the young communists. Oh. Um, but reading her diary, she was seeming like she was having a really fun time and beginning to loosen up. Um, she wrote, in the train, we all sang songs accompanied by a mandolin, which I'm guessing was was the guy who played mandolin. Yuri. Yeah. Um, then out of the blue, these really drunk guy came in to our boys and accused them of stealing a bottle of vodka. He demanded it back and threatened (laughs) to punch them in the teeth, but he couldn't prove anything and eventually he got lost. We sang and sang and no one even noticed how we slipped into... Discussions about love and kisses in particular. Oh, Seems like they were just having a good time. Yeah. Watch that up in the bottle of vodka found in the tent. <laughs> um, so then we have Yuri Yudin, 22, economic student. Second Yuri. We have yeah. Yuri Yuri Yura. Yeah. Damn, but all right. But this is the one who got... Out. Who felt sick and he ended up going home, making him the only member to survive. Okay. Who survived. Who survived? We can speak English. Yeah, the last one is Simeon Yolotaryov, which was a 38-year-old sports oh. instructor who'd fought in World War II, and he was the only odd one out. Like, everyone else seemed to know huh. each other except Simeon. Well, you'd think that he would be the one leading the group, then. Um, the only thing I can think is maybe he was someone who was, like, instructing whoever was the... Was Rustum, because he was a long-distance runner. Oh, yeah. So maybe it was, like, his friend that he brought along, but maybe. he wasn't as experienced. Okay, Ollie, thank you for just kicking me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so they were like, that's odd. Um, okay, well, actually, we're going to have to do JK a part two. Parts. two because yeah. it's late, and I haven't started the theories yet, and boy, oh, boy, there's a lot. For, yeah. So. Cause, what the fuck? So either this will be, the next part will become a mini and you'll get it on Friday or Ella's episode that we're also recording will become yeah, a mini. Yeah, we got a lot. We and have a handful. So, yeah. Awesome. Tell them the things. All right. You can find us on Instagram at nope underscore I'm underscore scared. Uh, shoot us a DM. We're happy to respond. We're not up to much right now. Um, and if you have any personal stories or suggestions, you can send them to nope I'm scared podcast at gmail.com. Hell yeah, dudes. And I'm, we're gonna, I'm probably gonna push this out on Friday because I know you probably want to yeah, hear all the crazy things. I would theories. not want to wait. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, guys, but it just, I didn't try. want it to be a two hour episode for you guys. Yeah, it probably would have been too. Okie dokie. Uh, thanks right. for listening, guys. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.